0: Well, good morning everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike Katana to welcome you here to North Star this morning. We're really, really glad you're here for week four of how to get through what you're going through. So I want you to go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. Turn over there. If you were given a um, note sheet on the way in, you go ahead and get that handy or go to the North Star Church app. So, but I do feel like it'd be very important at the top of the message to address something. Evidently, my shirt has offended a lot of Georgia fans that are in the room today. I've heard a lot of beef since I walked in. It's, I I don't know, I thought God created colors and people attach names to them. Brandon Wood, would you come up and join me on the stage real quick? Come on. Would y'all welcome Brandon Wood real quick up to the stage? Brandon, Brandon is a former defensive end at the University of Georgia, and I just want you to, I did not mean to. I did not mean to offend you today. So if I did, of all the Georgia fans here, I worry about that. All right, and so I don't. I don't want you on my bad side. Are we good? We're good. We're good. All right, y'all get Brandon ahead, everybody. There was there. This could be North Cobb Orange, Mr. Moody. North Cobb Orange, Auburn. I've had Clemson fans claiming it. Astros, you know, Campbell University in in uh, North Carolina, so the camels are orange. So. Don't, don't, it's, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Right. If I wear it next Sunday, that's a problem. All right. And so, so what y'all know, but we're really glad you're here today. So, Paul has been on this journey that we've tracked. Yes or no question. Is Paul doing exactly what God asked him to do? Yes or no? Yes. Help me out. Is Paul doing exactly what God called him to do? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Okay. Paul is preaching. Paul is teaching. Paul is arrested. Paul is given a farce trial. Paul appeals for a second trial. Paul sits in jail for two years waiting on that trial. Finally, they're like, okay, you're going to get your hearing before Caesar. So Paul boards, I want you to get this part of the story, with about 15 or 20, most likely, other prisoners on a vessel of 276 people total sailing for Rome they leave out on what should be a nice little trip and it turns in get this it turns into a 500 mile off course trip literally the storms got so bad remember we talked about this the other week the sailors gave up and they let the they let the sails go and they're they're in survival mode so basically what they think is they would, they would go off course 36 miles a day they were adrift. We found them, the crew, right? We found them last week. Paul, the Lord comes, God comes to Paul and says, I want you to tell all the guys on the boat, an angel of God comes to him and says, you're all going to make it. You're all going to be safe. We're going to be good. And they they hang on. And the last verse, in fact, we looked at last week, was that land was near. That's what we're going to pick up today. It's interesting because on this boat, a lot of life's happening over these 14 days. They're hungry. They have not eaten. They are scared. They're terrified. But shore is near, and we learn from Paul and these guys some tips we're going to need in our lives. Acts chapter 27. We're going to read a little bit. We're going to stand here in a second. Acts 27, verse 27. If at any point you are reading and I'm talking about something else, just look up because I want to make sure we're all on the same page. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailor's sense land was near. It's where we left off last week. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. So back during that time, what they would do is they would tie a weight to a string and they would drop it to determine the depth, right? So that was like a depth finder to them. They found out that the water is 120 feet deep. This is going to get important because land is near and they don't want to wreck the ship, right? But a little while later, they measured again Found out it was only 90 feet deep. So they are cruising now into harbor and it's getting dicey because they got a lot of load on this and the rocks are coming and they got a problem. At this rate, they were afraid they would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and they prayed for daylight. So now they've lost control. They're going into shore. Most ships would come with 15 to 20 anchors. And so that was pretty normal of a vessel back then. This is a large vessel. But Josephus, the historian, said there were even a few back during that time that carried up to 600. So I mean, this was a, it's not the biggest, but it's a lot of people. And they're throwing off these anchors like we know anchors to be to try to halt the movement, right? They're trying to slow down getting to shore. Look at what happened. Then the sailors, verse 30, they tried to, what's this next word? It's a great great word. They tried to what the ship? What's it say? Abandon. Abandon. Now, Paul, from the Lord, had promised them, none of you will lose your life. Not just Christians on board, none of you are going to lose your life. But now that they're almost there, the sailors, the crew, they decide they're going to abandon the ship, which is a problem. Because what's left on the ship are low-level crewmen and prisoners. Look at what happened. They lowered the lifeboat as they're going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. So they even start the process of lowering a lifeboat so these guys can make a run for it. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Now time out real quick. I think there were two reasons they were all going to die. Number one reason they were all going to die is, ain't nobody on that boat know how to navigate it. All right, that's number one reason, right? Number two, God's promise was, I got you. I'm going to see you through. If you will just hang on, I'm going to get you there. Verse 32, so the soldiers cut the ropes to the light boat, and they let it drift away. They were all in now. Remember the last time Paul gave advice? They're in a little area called Fairhaven. And he goes, yeah, guys, I think it's about to get stormy. I think we should stay here. Nobody listened. I think they're going, I think he's a meteorologist. All right, and so now we're going to listen to whatever Paul says, right? Look at what happens. Verse 33. Just as day was dawning. Time out real quick. There's so much imagery in this story. You ever had one of those nights that didn't seem like it was going to end? You ever had one of those nights of life you felt like you were stuck in? Sunrise is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Just as day was coming up, look at what happened. Just as day was dawning. This is so interesting. We're going to talk about it in a second. Paul urged everybody to eat. You've been so worried, you haven't touched food for two weeks. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Would you stand with me now in honor of reading God's Word together? This is really interesting. 276 people, 15 to 20 most likely prisoners, most all of the crew, very polytheistic, Meaning they served many gods, the gods of the sea and the gods of all the, the little g-gods, we call them. Paul was pretty alone with his faith on there, but something happened in verse 35. Paul took some bread. He gave thanks to God before them all. He broke off a piece and he ate it. it sounds very similar to something that happened in an upper room with a group of Disciples. The night before Christ died, right in the middle of this boat, in the middle of this area they're going into, Paul has communion with the crew. Interesting, isn't it? Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. Remember, they have no idea where they are. They thought they were going to Rome. Now they've been going off course 36 miles a day. They've ended 500 miles off course. So they cut the anchors, left them at sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed to shore. But they hit a shoal, and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern repeatedly was smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners, we'll talk about this in a second, to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship. So everybody escaped safely to shore. Would you pray with me? What a story, Father. Why Luke chose by your inspiration to record all these details is amazing. But I'm glad he did. Because for some of us, there's some truths in here. That we really need. So God I don't know how you do this. But would you pull up a chair. In each one of our stories. God today may you help us put away some things. To get us through what we're going through. Or to prepare us. To get through something in the future. We don't even see coming. So God speak to us. Teach us straight from your word. Father, we give it over to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and find somebody around you. Introduce yourself and say, God owns the color orange. Do that real quick. Just do that real quick. So it's interesting, interesting. Um, This area that Paul now and this crew are sailing into is the area of Malta. You could find this bay today if you Google it this afternoon. It's known now as St. Paul's Bay. A British yachtsman went out and charted the course. It's really interesting. And he said, "I, I wanted to know, you know, how close and accurate. This was, is that he charted the, as he charted that course, he found that everything, in fact, he even said, in the soundings of the depth of that bay, it's exactly the same. It's God's Word isn't just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. This stuff is in there for you. So what we're going to talk about today are some survival tips to get through it. Now, understand, these are not from a Psychology Today magazine. These are not from, and this is what I heard on Dr. Phil last week. These are principles God left us right in his word, and we pull them out, and we go, if this got them through it, then maybe, just maybe it wasn't an accident, it's in there. Five things today. Principle number one. Ready? Ready? Feed your faith, not your fears. When you are going through a season of a storm, you have an option. Am I going to feed my faith and starve my fears, or am I going to starve my faith and feed my fears? You get that option, and you will do one or the other. Nobody's neutral. Nobody remains, oh, well, you know, everybody's doing one of the two. So how do we feed our fears? Here's the word. I want you to write this word down. Ready? The word is worry. That's how you feed your fears. How many of you, by worrying, have ever made anything better? Anybody ever made anything better by worrying about it? How many of you have made things worse by worrying about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, when we go through these things, they just bring out this, it's, it's like we forget everything we know to be true when we're in a storm, and we start feeding our fear. We've said this a bazillion times here at North Star, worries are just prayers you say to yourself. The problem is you don't have a capability to answer them. You're like, Mike, I don't know if I'm a worrier. If you worried about being a worrier, you're a worrier, right? And so it's where you do it very naturally. How do I feed my faith? God's Word. That's how you feed your faith. Not my ideas of God's Word, you're walking God's Word. So we put out a resource here called Digging Deeper. It's right there on your North Star Church app. Uh, you can get it downloaded to your inbox. You can go there every day. Cole does a video uh, YouTube of it every day. He does an audio of it every day. And, and you can get one sent to your inbox. Why do we do that? Just a tool to help you feed your faith. It's amazing how strong my faith can be on a Sunday and how weak it can be on a Monday. You know what I wish I could tell you guys? I wish I could tell you guys that because I preach this every week, I do this really naturally. But there's times I feed my fears. And there's times Ann and I are having a conversation. She's like, you just did a message on them. I'm like, don't bring that up, all right? And so it's Tuesday. I don't have to live it on Tuesday. It's hard, right? So these guys, the angel of the Lord came to Paul and said, nobody's gonna perish. And as soon as they get near shore, they start dropping their weighted line. Then they drop it to, they see it's at 90 feet. And at this I love how Scripture says it, they were afraid. Feed your faith, not your fears. Everybody look at me. Feeding your fear is more natural than feeding your faith. If you are feeling sick, don't Google it, right? And so, because it's feeding your fears, right? And and it's always worst-case scenario. Worst case. Feed your faith, not your fear. It's interesting. The sailors were afraid. It's never noted Paul was afraid. Because the angel of God made Paul a promise. Right? So God sends this angel to Paul and gives him a promise. But here's what I know about promises. Promises are only good if you believe them. That didn't change the fact whether promises are true or not. But they're only helpful to you when you believe the promise. The promise was made to Paul for all the sailors. They didn't believe it and worried and were scared. Paul did believe it and lived here. Feed your faith not your fears. Corey Tim Boom said it this way worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a center of fear. Number two, stay connected to others. I want you to write this thought down, we're gonna talk about it. Storms cause isolation. When you go through a storm, you pull back. It's natural human tendency. Go through a marital struggle, you pull away from everybody else. Go through a financial struggle, you pull back from your friends. You Go through relation struggles with your children, you pull back. It's just the way that life is, man. It's a weird deal. These guys tried to go overboard the crew. They're like, man, forget this. We'll leave the prisoners on there. We are out. The jailers, the centurion and the the other jailers and the prisoners, but we are out. Paul, it's really interesting. Paul looks at them abandoning ship and he says to the commanding officer, you're all going to die if these sailors don't stay aboard. We need each other. They needed somebody to navigate them in they did not have the wherewithal to get to that shore. You don't know how bad you need somebody who knows what they're doing until you need somebody who knows what they're doing. I remember a pilot told me one time, a good friend of mine, he says, flying for me, I've been doing it for 30 years, is easy. And really, there's one or two flights a year I got to land during a storm that nobody else can do like I can We were sitting in this room this morning. We do a run-through every Sunday at 810. At 8.05, the entire campus blacked out, total blackout on campus. All the emergency lights came on. I did check. We paid our bills. All right, and so, but we just totally blacked out. Well, that's a problem because we got this service. we got True North. We've got six different venues that happen on Sundays and online, and there's more people watch online than are in any of our rooms. We have two guys here named Will and Brian that are like, we got it. We needed them this morning more than we've ever needed them to get us to shore. When you are in a storm, you need people. I want you to write this down. I need a church, family, and I need spiritual people I walk with, which we call small groups. I've been at North Star since North Star opened. I have never walked through more of a season of loss than we are currently walking through right now with people at North Star as far as funerals. I'm just telling you, don't do life alone. Sitting on your row today, somebody that, has the same story you know. You just don't know it because you don't get to talk about it on Sunday because I talk. But you need each other. Coming up, first Monday night of November, we're having Surviving the Holidays, which is for all those that have experienced that loss, the grief of losing a loved one. And we'll gather in a room up in True North, and we'll talk about how do you get through what you're going through in this holiday season. We need each other. Stay connected. Everything in you is going to go pull away. I'm telling you, when you feel like pulling away, lean in. Lean in. Number three, take care of yourself physically. This is so interesting. It's interesting. Luke was a doctor, he was a physician. Luke was the writer of the book of Acts. It's interesting that Luke brought this detail to us. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to do what? What's it say next? Help me out. Paul urged everyone to do what? Eat. 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 Because you need to eat. When you're in a storm... It takes a physical and emotional toll on you. We found Elijah, the great prophet. Last summer, we walked through the life of Elijah. We found found him hiding from Jezebel after standing up to the king and standing up to all the false gods. And now he's hiding. And God comforted him and gave him something to eat and told him to sleep and get some rest. Everybody look at me. Take care of yourself. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It's scriptural. For some of us, you need to eat more. For the others of you, like me, you need to stop eating. All right, (laughs) so whatever it is. But take care of yourself physically. Walk get outside Paul knew these guys are about to jump overboard and they're going to need their strength to get to shore take care of yourself number 4 this is this is huge stay thankful stay thankful and Paul broke bread and gave thanks. You know what's hard to remember when you're in a storm? Anything but the storm. When you're in a storm, all you think about is your storm. You don't think about what God did last year. You don't think what God did 10 years ago. You don't think of God's faithfulness or the prayer that you prayed. The last time you were in a storm, all you think about is the storm that you're in. Why do I know that? Because I do the same thing. What does being thankful do? It slows me down to remind me of God's faithfulness. Because I'm telling you, when you're in a storm, life becomes all about your storm. Did these guys have reason to get their money back on this cruise? Yes, they did, all right? Carnival would be in big trouble for this cruise, all right? They're 500 miles off course. They've thrown their luggage overboard. I wonder if Paul said, God, thanks for keeping us safe. God, thank you nobody's lost their life. God, thank you that there's not a hole in our ship. God, thank you, I see land. God, thank you for the captain who's gotten us to this point. And if all of a sudden when you started saying what you're thankful for, God slowed your heart and reminded you he's faithful. One of the greatest things to do when you're in a season of a storm is take out a sheet of paper, and begin to write down what you're thankful I'm just telling you. I remember Mary Michael called me, my daughter called me while she was in college and she was just struggling and she's eight hours away and she's like, Dad, I'm just struggling. I said, Mary Michael, here's what I want you to do. Take out a piece of paper and I want you to write down all the things you have to be thankful for. She's like, I knew you were gonna say that, click. All right, and so I know you feel that way, but it really is good for you. Serve somebody. How many I've talked to, how many of you that are in that season are like, What should I do? Go serve somebody who's less fortunate than you. Get up Thanksgiving Day and volunteer at must and serve somebody. Stay thankful. Because the enemy's going to tell you, God forgot you. Oh, that's God for you. He left you out here. Staying thankful reminds you of how he's had you all the way. That's why I love Thanksgiving. People are just nicer when they're thankful. I have people honking at you at Thanksgiving. Nobody cutting you in for parking spots. Everybody's like chills everybody out. Stay thankful. And number five, (laughs) not only do we stay thankful, hold on. Don't give up. Doesn't sound like a scriptural point. Till verse 44, the others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. You know what they held on to? Whatever they could grab. That's what they held on to. Whatever they could get their hands on, they grabbed on for dear life. You know what some of us have got to do to get through our season that we're in? Just hold on. It isn't going to last forever, and shore is approaching rapidly. Hang on. Don't quit. Can you imagine the tragedy if these guys had let go? And shore's right there. What we know now is St. Paul's Bay is right there. But isn't that the hardest part, when it's hard to hang on? If you are in this room and you've walked through one of those seasons and we've sat across from each other in a conference room or my office or in your den or at a funeral home, I have said these words to you. Minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, just hang on. You're going to make it. But you ain't going to make it if you don't hang on. Just hang on. Would you close your eyes? Would you? I don't know your stories. All I know is God's plans usually involve storms. Storms. Sometimes those plans are never understood till after that storm has passed. And when you're in them, you know you're in them. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you, would you? Maybe He's talking to you about feeding your faith, not your fears. Maybe he's like, don't do this alone. And find a church. If it's not North Star, find a great church. We'll help you. If it's not here, listen, this community is full of great churches. We'll help you. Stay connected. Need a family. Is it about giving thanks? Thanks. Is it about taking care of yourself? Or is he just infusing you with courage to hang on? Jesus, be near.